Hey, 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 how are you? I want to say good evening to you. Lovely Friday evening right here in Benin City, Edo State, South, South Nigeria. My name is MC Sazi and this is Thinking Out Loud. That's right. It's set to be a beautiful weekend right here in the city. That's talking about the Asian city of Benin, which, by the way, is the capital city of the heartbeat of the Nigerian nation that's talking about Edo State. Somewhere South South Nigeria and of course somewhere in West Africa. Now what am I thinking out loud about today? All right, it continues, you know, the whole idea of putting in focus what the state of Israel has done with fighting terrorism literally before the state was even created till this very moment it is always a time to be on alert a time to fire all four cylinders from the jewish nation obviously it has to take a lot of effort for you to get to a point where you can remain top of the game irrespective of the magnitude of the threats you're living through now my whole idea about this podcast on Boko Haram Amnesty is to use the state of Israel as a pretty good example of a nation that has been severely troubled by terrorism arising from all sorts of issues that the Arab population and of course the Palestinians have against the Jews of Israel. The hope is that Nigeria as a country that has, under, that has been under serious, deep, deep trouble with the Boko Haram a terrorist group in the northeast of Nigeria, can learn a great deal about the state of Israel. It is not really about bringing some Israelis, some contractors to come and train our operatives here. It is about getting our system properly formatted properly laid out to be able to deliver what is required of it in these trying times that Nigeria as a nation, the biggest black population on the face of the planet, has been passing through almost uh, a bit more than a decade now. And there doesn't seem to be any uh, hope in sight that is going to be over anytime soon. So, that's a great deal to learn. The legendary status of the state of Israel, the way the state has conducted all the activities towards ensuring there is a very effective counter-terrorism mechanism working for the country, it's something that is worthy of some examination. Intelligence is one of the key factors why the, the state of Israel has become legendary and staying on top of the situation in terms of dealing with terrorists. The Israeli intelligence um, network is actually divided into about three. And of course, um, they are sectors of the armed forces and the intelligence services all intertwined and all delivering at optimum level for the benefit of the Jewish country. Intelligence constitutes the first line of defense, and of course, as a result, there were Jewish efforts to institutionalize intelligence services even before 1948. 
But today, Israel has uh, three main intelligence agencies, a domestic Shebet, an international Mossad, which is legendary, and of course a military, also known as Amman. Now, Shimbet, also known as Shabak, is in charge of preventing domestic terrorism and political subversion. It is also responsible for internal security and intelligence, prevention of terrorist acts, counterintelligence, security of officials, aviation, and other strategic assets. Now, the security clearances is also one of the functions of Shimbet. And of course, Shimbet reports directly to the Prime Minister of Israel. Now, the second unit of the intelligence services is the legendary Mossad. Israel has a, also a foreign intelligence agency uh, that's actually known as Mossad, which was established in 1951. The headquarters in Tel Aviv in the late 1980s, the Mossad staff was estimated huge workforce 1500 to about 2000 the Mossad is in charge of collection of human intelligence covert action and counter-terrorism its main tasks include collection of intelligence against enemy states and preventing terror against Israel and Jewish targets now, although details of the internal organization of the agency remain obscure, the Mossad has a collections department, a political action and liaison department, a special operations division, a psychological warfare department, and research department, and of course, a technology department. Now, that should be something, isn't it? Now, the third arm of the intelligence setup of the state of Israel is the Amman, the military intelligence. Amman is the largest intelligence organization in Israel. It has more recruits, assets, and analytic capabilities than its sister intelligence agencies. Its staff is estimated by 7,000 personnel. Amman controls most uh, signals, intelligence, and aerial reconnaissance assets. Moreover, a man collects human intelligence and commands at Sayeret Maktar, Israel's primary counter-terrorism and intelligence gathering entity. A man represents Israel in a very exclusive club of states and design. Launch and operate espionage satellites. Amman produces comprehensive national intelligence estimates for the Prime Minister and the Cabinet, as well as daily intelligence reports, risk of war estimates, target studies on neighboring Arab countries, and communications intercepts. Amman also conducts cross-border agent operations. Interesting, isn't it? There's little any country can do if you do not have in place uh, a terrorism, uh, a counter-terrorism network uh, of intelligence and other actions to use to normal to neutralize uh, the strength of your opponents. And in the case of Israel, their opponents come in a legion. Opponents everywhere, enemies everywhere against the state of Israel. But one thing to note here is that the country has stayed on top of the game. 
which is why counter-terrorism can hardly function effectively if you do not have in place a wonderful intelligence network that works like clockwork for the armed forces and of course other agencies who are in charge of you know creating appropriate security for the people of Israel lives and property and of course in such a way that the nation is able to unfold and remain a prospering nation even in the midst of her enemies now I am not saying that the Nigerian intelligence service is shambolic I'm not saying so they've done quite some great jobs before but all I can tell you I think they can do a whole lot better than they are doing at the moment that's my opinion now if you fund them make sure they have access uh, to the best counter-terrorism and intelligence gathering uh, you know gadgets and mechanisms working for them they can deliver more it makes me wonder really if our intelligence services have been able to do much about infiltrating the ranks and file of Boko Haram so that they can uh, produce the actionable intelligence that can give our armed forces an edge over the Boko Haram, Boko Haram intelligence and terrorist machinations in the northeast of the country. Our intelligence can do a great deal more than they have done at the moment. I just think they are not doing quite much, uh, you know, against the backdrop of, of if you look at the the odds against us as a nation in trying to confront the uh, insurgent group in the northeast of the country and we're not able to take them down. That in itself, it's a failure not only for the intelligence services but also for the armed forces and the political leadership of Nigeria. If the intelligence services of this country can be properly catered, if the uh, operatives are professional, if the operatives are creative, and the operatives are well taken care of in terms of welfare and other things that you need to do to get them at their peak performance, uh, I could imagine that uh, a great deal could have been done by the armed forces of the Federal Republic of Nigeria in terms of neutralizing, uh, even pulverizing the threats of Boko Haram against our country. This also once again put in focus the question of whether or not we should be babysitting the so-called Boko Haram repentant militants. There is no telling what more they can do to Hamas down the road now it doesn't matter if they pass through the operation safe corridor like they've been made to pass through but a lot can still not be guaranteed in terms of assuring that we get the appropriate uh, loyalty and appropriate cooperation and um, appropriate uh, you know what i would call patriotic zeal from the part of those people who were once our enemies but have been made to de-radicalize and reintegrated into the general population it's a tall order you know for them against the backdrop of the fact that um, even in the communities that they are going to rejoin a lot of people are not going to feel comfortable having them around how would you like to see one of the guys who killed your own father walking down the street in the neighborhood where you live if you ask me that cannot be pretty 
There's so much questions to ask about this whole babysitting idea, also known as Boko Haram amnesty to the repentant foot soldiers, the repentant operatives, and of course, the gunmen of Boko Haram. Boko Haram doesn't look like they are going to go away anytime soon. Except we are able to get on top of the situation for everything in our arsenal, everything we have and more into ensuring that they remain uh, a part of a forgettable history that will do all of us proud. Now my challenge really is for the government, especially the federal government and the Borough State government and so on and so forth should try as much as possible to do a proper study of how the Israeli network and the armed forces as well as the intelligence forces have been able to work in sync to ensure that whenever there's a threat, Israel fights back double fiercely and of course sometimes with surgical accuracy. That's how effective their counter-terrorism has been. So the focus of part 8 of Thinking Out Loud Boko Haram Amnesty is pretty much on the intelligence services of the state of Israel and what the Nigerian you know, intelligence service needs to be doing, needs to be empowered with just so they can deliver the goods. I'm not so sure if they are doing so at the moment. If they were, I can assure you it wouldn't have been such a problem getting Abubakar Shekau back in the day. Somebody could have fished him out. But unfortunately, it never really happened. Look at Bin Laden. After 9-11 attacks, it took about 10 years exactly to get him and fix him. You know, the menace of um, Bin Laden started in the Bush administration. But it took the Barack Obama era to bring closure to the issue of Bin Laden as the key operator of the 9-11 attacks, which has changed the world, you know, which have changed the world in very... ...not remain the same after 9-11. A lot of the parameters were changed merely for the magnitude of the devastation that the 9-11 attacks brought to humanity. And today what we see all around, nobody is sure when the Boko Haram terrorists are going to strike again. No one is sure and we cannot continue to live under such circumstances where we are not sure if the men on the job are doing what they ought to be doing. We understand how much trouble, how much effort that is needed to get a job done, but I think they can do a great deal more if a great deal more is provided to them. That's my submission with this particular issue of um, the intelligence services of the state of Israel and a lot of Nigerian intelligence service can do if they are able to do a proper study of how the mechanism is working in the state of Israel. All right, part eight of Thinking Out Loud, Boko Haram Amnesty, done and dusted right here. Part 9 is going to be coming in about a, about a day or two from now. But meanwhile, let's keep working uh, in our thinking out loud
hoping that the better days that we yearn for will come our way as soon as possible. My name is MC Sazi. Hey, I'm out of here. I'm out of time. <laughs>